I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Back in and rolling on the Monday edition of the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. And joining me now, and I mentioned it's a Monday edition, that would be the Associate Executive Director of the Autos on Liberty Bowl, Harold Grader on X at Harold Greater. Harold, what's happening? Hey, How are man. you? What a weekend of college football. Great to be with you. Glad to be talking some ball on a Monday night. So you you were uh, you were again in Tuscaloosa this yes. weekend. How about that? Yep. Wearing the uh, Alabama dad cap this yes. weekend. Uh, parents weekend, family weekend down in T-Town. And, uh, you know, I was going to say it was a big game, but, you know, from every, Al- every Alabama, a big game. every game's a big game <laughs> yeah. in, in Tuscaloosa. And, and uh, it was Ole Miss, Alabama. And somehow, some way, Alabama find, found a way to win. And the flip side of that, Ole Miss somehow found a way not to win the game. Yeah. I got to tell you, going in, I really thought Ole Miss was going to win this football game. I had just seen them beat Georgia Tech. We knew Alabama was struggling, and they just couldn't sustain any offense, meaning Ole Miss. And, uh, Alabama, despite some continual problems, they found a way to win the game and uh, and gut it out. And Lane still looking for that ever evasive first win over Nick Saban. That's the, this was the this was the year I thought he could do it. Yeah, I, I I'm serious. Going forward, I just with, with Nick Saban in the twilight of his career, is he ever going to be caught like this again? Where new OC, new DC. Uh, quarterback situations in flux. He's the type of guy who makes these adjustments every single offseason. Yeah. When, when he needs to make an adjustment, he makes that adjustment. I, I just don't know if you're going to catch this Alabama team as in flux as they were this year. I I don't see that happening uh, again. <laughs> right. Uh, if not, they're in some serious, serious trouble. Yeah, yeah the, it was all lining up for Ole Miss to come in there and, and, and grab one on the road. And then you look at the performance, you look at the numbers – Four trips to the red zone for Ole Miss, mm. only ten points. They really could not, you know, finish drives. That was a big problem. Jackson Dart, who's been impressive, no touchdown passes in this game. You know, it was a seven-six Ole Miss lead at the half. Yep. And Alabama played really poorly in that first half. So when you're Ole Miss, again, missing those opportunities in that first half to really stick it to them and have some confidence, that might have been the ball game. But still, you go to the locker, you're up by a point. You come out in the second half, Alabama turned it on in the second half. And yep. and Ole Miss just couldn't get it going. 
Um, this, despite some continual problems in the offensive line for Alabama in the first half, uh, they got it going in the second half, and they look more like what you would expect an right. Alabama team to be. But Ole Miss still, you got to think, for the most of that game until we got into the fourth quarter of that game, Ole Miss was still in it, still had a chance to win that game, but again, just couldn't finish drives. Yeah, and I hate to be this guy, but I even got posed this by an Ole Miss fan. I got posed this by an Ole Miss fan. What's Lane Kiffin's biggest win since he's been at Ole Miss? Is there like that signature, unbelievable, hey, we give him a whole lot of credit for this particular win? There was an an Outback Bowl, right? There was an Outback Bowl. Was it Indiana when they were ranked relatively high a few years ago? I believe. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But, like, is there there that crazy – like, I don't know if there's that signature win. And I want to see him get one of those going forward because he does get a lot of respect in the coaching ranks. He has done a good job of rehabbing his image uh, after Alabama – he was an OC at Alabama, goes through FAU, done a decent job at Ole Miss. People give him credit for the job he's done at Ole Miss, and I do too – but I don't know if he has that signature win yet. Well, this coming Saturday yeah. is an opportunity, opportunity to another do that. One, yep. They're at home, LSU, and what's it? A, is it a five o'clock game at, in Oxford? I believe it should be. Yes, it's a five o'clock game. So it's in not Oxford. a late night, late late game or seven thirty, eight o'clock game. Right. Where, but there will be plenty of uh, uh, liquid encouragement from the fan base <laughs> on, on both sides. And, again, an opportunity to come back into Vaughn-Hemingway and for Ole Miss to get a big-time win. And we'll, we'll see. The opportunity is there. Um, now, I have to make fun of my former coach because he did get a win, so I, I get to make fun of him a little bit. Mike Norvell, when it comes to field goal kickers, missing very <laughs> short kicks. Yeah. Where would his career be without field goal kickers missing missing short kicks? <laughs> the Tulsa game uh, when he was here at Memphis yeah. in 2019 that ultimately led to them getting to the Cotton Bowl, and then a a a guy that really got pulled off of campus by by Dabo Sweeney. He hit a 30 yarder earlier in the game, and they come back down. They have a 29 yarder to go win the game. Yeah. Not much time on the clock. Slightly to the left. And Florida State ends up stealing that thing in overtime. Where would he be without field goal kickers not not holding up their end of the bargain? And, you know, it's almost uh, one of those uh, legacy issues for, for Florida State. You go back to the Bowden years, how many uh, miss left, miss right in, in big games. But, you know, Florida State, again, you know, credit to Mike and his football team uh, to go into Clemson and, and do what they did and, and finding a way to, to – Grab that one, and uh, you know they were down by what was it, ten points, maybe fourteen. I want to say it was in that ten point range there in the first mm-hmm. half. Um, so they they found a way to win on the road, and just winning on the road in any league, especially the Power Five, is never easy. And to come in there, get the win against a Clemson team, uh, and they may not be the Clemson team of four, five, six, seven years. Still ago. tough. Still tough. Uh, so kudos to, to Florida State. Um, you know, they're now 4-0. Uh, I think that win, they put the flag in the ground saying, we are now, no questions asked, we are the number one team in the ACC. Yep. We are the team to beat. And, you know, everything is in front of them. 
uh, whether it's the ACC championship, a playoff spot, a national championship, all that is there in front of Florida State. And, you know, I'm a Mike Norvell fan, so happy for them. On the other side for Clemson, wow. You really got to be thinking what's going on there. Um, I'm not going to go to the extreme to say, is it over for Dabo? But but the trend now yep. is, is not good for, for Clemson. They now have lost two games in September, two of the last three years. And if you're going to be and are expected to be one of the dominant teams, not just in your conference but the country – you can't be playing that way the first month of the season. Yeah, college and, football playoff hopes over yeah. before they even start. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, two losses already. They're two and two. Uh, they're just playing now. They're just playing for the best bowl they can get to. Yeah, but we had the conversation earlier about Nick Saban and his adjustments every single off season. Dabo's going to have to do the yeah. same. He's going to have to accept. Hey, transfer portal guys. That's right. There's a guy like Keon Coleman on the other side who actually ended up killing him by the end of that game. That he could yep. have had. Um, there, there's multiple transfers around the country that he could bring in every single year, but he seems to be rejecting that. I, yes. The the NIL part of it, I think they still have donors that have their NIL collective and everything else, but maybe they're lagging behind a little bit too much compared to where they have been on the national scale, like in, uh, you know their their competitiveness in the recruiting market. He's just going to have to adjust a little bit more to the day and age of college football we're in. Um, oh, absolutely. It's, but the, this this second loss here, um, I mean, you just look, before the end of September, I mean, he's going to have to take it upon himself to make the changes his program needs. Oh, no doubt. Uh, if he doesn't, this will continue, and that legacy that he had and was building, that will all slip away, fade yep. away, uh, if he doesn't adjust and, and get this – thing turned around, but not to write off the season, but right. they're a two-loss team. The big stuff is is gone. It's so gone. again, I hate to be... Uh, and you sort of wonder about so, some of those players, though. How do they... like? What is their real... Yeah, they're going to win games because you don't want to lose games, right? Like, right. I, I, no one wants to lose out the rest of the season and have. To, but the, when you talk about motivation for a team like yeah. Clemson, it's all college football playoff base. That's it's right. all about hoisting that trophy at the end of the year. What's their motivation now going forward? Hey, let's yeah. just be as good as we can. Let's win ten games. Let's win out. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you, you know, you know, pride comes into 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 play there. And again, I hate to be so be so blunt, but at this point now. Sitting there two and two, heading into the the last uh, Saturday of September, uh, October, right there. Uh, they're they're playing again for bowl positioning. Yep. And uh, uh, that that's a bitter pill for Clemson people to swallow, I'm sure. Yep. And shout out Mike Norvell. Shout out. Absolutely. Shout out my former coach. He's done a heck of a job there. He really absolutely. Has. Um, now Notre Dame and Ohio State. That was uh, that was a game. That was that, that was, was a game. That was something. <laughs> uh, Notre Dame has the lead for just about the entirety of of the uh, of the sixty minutes, and then at the very end, Ohio State. Their last play was a uh, Chip Tranum one yard run where they just sort of tried to bully their way in. They do, um, but I think the the other part of this game that made it so interesting, Lou Hole. Obviously, it's Notre Dame, Ohio State too. Just premier yeah. programs, premier. Um, you know, when we talk about college football and it's it's big brands, they're what two of the top five. 
You bet. I'd have to say mm-hmm. so. Uh, but you had the Lou Holtz thing, yeah. talking with Pat McAfee, saying, you know, they're just not tough enough. No, Ohio State, that's the reason they've come up short under Ryan Day. He doesn't coach them to be tough enough. Ryan Day, they win that game, bullying their way into the end zone, and he that was about as loud yeah. as I've ever heard Ryan Day on a mic after that game, basically saying, I can't believe Lou Holt said what he said. This team is tough. Don't ever doubt us. Yeah, you know, to go there first and, and to address that issue, uh, number one, obviously, uh, Lou Holtz is one of the legendary coaches. Of course. We honored him here uh, in Memphis at the AutoZone Liberty Bowl several several years ago. And and again. He's allowed to have his what, opinion, what, though, one too. The, one of the great coaches of all time. However, I would say, and again, not to be disrespectful to coach, but at this stage of life, where we are, does his opinion really matter? Not particularly. Should it really impact a coach to react that way? I mean... Again, if if I'm if I'm Ohio State, you hear what Coach Holtz has to say. To me, I would shrug and say, "Okay, yeah, that's his opinion." Well, we're going to show you. That's not us. We'll show you on Saturday, and they did. There was no signs of what Coach Holtz was talking about. Right? Not of Ohio State not being a physical team. There was no signs of that, and for that to be. Top of mind when you just won this incredible game, and that's the first thing on your mind that you want to address on national television? Really? I don't know about that. I don't know about it. I've got a little bit of issue with that. Yeah. uh, Okay. It comes off as a little corny, but I will say this. You know football coaches are wired differently. And whatever they need to take motivation from, take motivation from. I don't know if you necessarily need a bunch of motivation for Ohio State right. visiting right. South Bend to go win a game against a top-10 team. I shouldn't need any extra. But I think over the years that Ohio State has had that, that – I mean, there's this – thought that they are a little especially with losing to Michigan two years in a row they're yeah. just not as tough as them they're just they're they're finesse they have to score 45 points to go in they showed that hey top 20 offense we're going to shut them down they're only going to get 14 points we're going to win by putting 17 on the board like yeah. that I mean yeah that to me was impressive and it, it did show an extra edge that they haven't shown in the yeah. past and Ryan Day has largely been sort of you know, very stoic out there, I guess, is the best way I put it. And he doesn't show a lot of emotion. This is the first time I think yeah. I've ever seen him show that type of emotion. And I, I'm not saying it was perfectly executed, <laughs> you know. But in the end of the day, seeing him finally show what he probably shows his players behind closed doors, seven, you know, five, six, seven days a week, I did enjoy that at least a tad bit. I, I hear that point. Uh, as you mentioned, you know Notre Dame had control the lead yep. most of this game, and then, and from my perspective, looking at it, uh, then Kyle McCord happened. Mm-hmm. Final drive. What was it? A little over a minute to go. Uh, they've got the ball, and to take that team down, uh, knock it into the end zone there at the end uh, for the for the win. That was impressive, and and leadership from Kyle McCord, and uh, you know he's a first year starter for them, and uh, showed a lot of poise, a lot of guts there. Yep, uh, that was impressive. Yeah, no question about it. I, I, this Ohio State team 
really stamp their claim for me at least now. I believe in them. Yeah. That's as simple as I can put it. I, you know, where I did not believe in them going into this game, I am a full believer. If you can go win a game in uh, at Notre Dame by this type of score and hold down an offense that I thought was trending in the the perfect direction with Sam Hartman finally being able to air it out to add to that great running game. I mean, I, I, I tip my cap. And it looks like Jim Knowles, who's their defensive coordinator, who they brought in after or two years ago. They brought in two years ago from uh, Oklahoma State. It looks like he's finally starting to he's finally starting to work. Looks like the, the, that defense is uh, is bought in and finally flying around hitting people. And, and it could be one of the premier defenses in the country. Yeah, they're certainly obviously now. Uh, they're sitting there at 4-0. Uh, their aspirations are all there. And yep. uh, now they just got to go out and do it and, and grind it out every week and, and see what it looks like uh, uh, that first weekend of, of December. Now, I know everybody else was talking about this. And, oh, my gosh, I, I <sighs> way too much was made of Dan Lanning's pregame comments, in my opinion, by my estimation. One, I don't think he's necessarily wrong with what he had to say. He said, we are, we are based in wins. They, they are getting a lot of clicks right, right now. Let's go win this game. Let's show them, you know, how we play football here at Oregon. They're at Autzen. They're all fired up. I get it. And they proceed to win 42-6. to I think a lot is made of that. But I also think a lot was made on the other side of people calling Colorado fake. You know, you, you know. Those three games were just flash in the pan. You know, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have gave them that much credit on the on the front end. No, you should give them that much credit because they've won three games already. And I got asked going into last week, do you think that Colorado stands a chance? Can they win this game against Oregon? And my answer to everybody who asked me that was no. I, I, I give them no shot in this game. Their offensive line, their defensive line will get eaten alive. Yep. And I think that, you know, you know, the skill position talent is very similar. If not Oregon, I'll lean that way with Travis Hunter out. But I said no, but that's okay. They're, they're, they've won three games. They've already really accomplished a lot of what they want to accomplish. Now, I want to see them get to a bowl game. I want to see them get over top. But Oregon showed them, hey – yeah, you ain't there yet. You are yeah. not there yet. Far Forty-two from. to six. Yeah, uh, you know. Again, I didn't think they would win the game, uh, but you, you got to take the take a step back, maybe two steps back, and look at the bigger picture. You kind of touched on it there, Gabe. You got to, you know, take into perspective where is this program coming from? Where was the starting point when Prime got there? It was ugly, and for them to win three games, do what they've done. I mean. It's a successful season already. It is. I mean, no one thought they were going to win the national championship <laughs> at, at 3-0. Right. Because the, the, the reality of the schedule hit them in the face. And it doesn't get any easier this week. They play USC. But to take them from where they were when that group got there to where they are now, huge, huge leap forward for that football program has energized the the fan base, the students, the entire university community out there. Since the late 80s, early 90s? I mean, seriously. Has energized. It got people involved and interested uh, nationwide in college football. I've used uh, this past week, was asked about it, and I used the analogy to Tiger Woods and what he did for the game of golf. Bringing non-golf fans to the game of golf all those many years ago. Prime 
to, from my perspective, it has done Correct. the same thing. Bringing those folks that aren't necessarily college football fans, bringing them to the TV sets and drawing that interest. And that's how you're getting those huge TV numbers. It's not just football fans, but people that are tuning in to see what's up with with Prime and what's the story here. What you know? What's he gonna do next? Nine point three million and, viewers for him versus Colorado State yes. just still blows and, my and mind. And that's all good for the game of college football. But then you bring it to the field now, and they're building this thing. Yep. And the first dose of reality was Saturday with Oregon. Do, dose number two comes this week against <laughs> USC. It does. Um, but, as you, you mentioned, the offensive and defensive lines, obviously huge challenges there for Colorado. Their O-line uh, has given up 23 sacks. 23! I don't care who you got back there. They got a pretty good one. But when you're running around or you're on your back, you're going to struggle. Shador but, wasn't bad in the moment. He just he, He's running around for his life back there. Yeah. But kudos to, to Oregon and a big tip of the hat to Bo Nix. And this yep. is a young guy, you got to remember, you know, his background. His dad, Patrick, was a star quarterback at Auburn. Uh, the kid goes to Auburn. Incredible pressure on that young man, one, to pick Auburn and then to perform when he got there. Obviously, the transfer, the change of scenery, different offense, different influences on him. The kid has flourished. And uh, had a great game on Saturday against uh, against Colorado, 28 of 37, 276, three touchdowns. And, and I got to think Bo Nix is now in the mix uh, in, in a big way for the Heisman. And, and good for him. And uh, kudos to him. And uh, glad to see that for, for Bo and his family and his team. Um, so be interesting to see what Oregon does the rest of the way. Same for Colorado. Uh, this week uh, for uh, the Buffaloes and USC, I think it'll be another ugly one for Coach Prime and his guys. Yeah, but the rest of the way, I just sort of look up and down the schedule. You got Arizona State, who actually did stick in there against USC. Now, USC went on the road. Um, then you have Stanford. Uh, Arizona's still out there for the taking. I think they can get to six wins. Yeah, they got to find three. Six wins they got to find three more. Uh, and that would be, again, that would be exciting not just for them, but for, for the game of college football and the energy he brings. Whether you like him or not, I think bigger picture, it's ultimately, I think it's good for the game. What is unfortunate, though, I mentioned those three games Arizona State, Stanford, and Arizona. Rest of them, I, yeah. I'm not a big yeah. I mean, first USC at UCLA, first Oregon State at Washington State at Utah. Those all, yeah. It's a little awesome. Yeah, so there, there's no wiggle room there. there. There isn't, and they need Travis Hunter to be back in a big yeah, way. Yeah, they do. They and I'll, I'll ask you just quickly, yeah. because I brought it up, and I, I've made my opinion. You give your team motivation however you give your team motivation. And sometimes it's, you know, talking about the other team and what they've done, and guys can really rally around that. I think Dan Lanning did that. I think a little bit too much was made about his pregame speech. Now, I want to know what you think to a certain extent. Maybe you don't have like a strong take on it, but say they're fighting for clicks, we're fighting for wins, yeah, we're, we're, you we're know, based I, in I reality. Get I get that. And he backed off that in postgame. Yeah. And he's like, well, I think he said something to the effect of, you know, I get a little passionate. Yes. Get fired up. And, and I get that. Right. And, and if you're in that world, as the other coaches are, 
you got to take that into account Mm -hmm. and and know, hey, he's doing what he's got to do for his team. Right. I'm going to say and do what I've got to do to motivate my team. As long as you're not just absolutely over the top, disrespectful, and it's within the bounds of. Okay, everybody knows what's going on here, especially those that that are in the business. Um, And again, you know what you say during the week to get your team fired up. More times than not, uh, in that post-game press conference, especially when you win, the coach is going to back up yep. and try to mend that fence a little bit or explain yeah. a little more. And that's what and that's what Dan Lanning did. He said, yeah, okay, I may have got a little passionate, quote-unquote. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I can tell you from experience, I have heard a lot worse about opponents behind closed doors, but I won't get into the particulars <laughs> of that. I don't. I don't need to. I don't need to tell you who and what was said, but I have heard worse. Yeah, I'll say that right now. And I thought it was, you know, for the most part, if you're really trying to motivate your team to go beat a team like Colorado. I thought it was a pretty good rallying cry, but that's beside the point. Talking with Harold Grader at Harold Grader on X. Last thing for you, Memphis loses in St. Louis to Mizzou, um, and, and quite frankly, uh, they, they stuck in there. I'm not going to act like they didn't. They, they really fought. It was 34-27. It was 34-20 with about two minutes to go, but they drove all the way down yep. the field. Kobe Drake touchdown. They wanted to try to make it happen. Now, it was a little bit of... Funny business on the onside kick. I don't know if you got to see that. They didn't want a tee out there, and they made them kick off a tee. It was very strange. Yeah, but they stopped that play, and the offensive or the onside kick was just directly at. Yeah, right to the And you're like, well, the game. There there goes the game. Um, But I guess this is the question: How do we view it? And are we in the business of? "Quote unquote moral victories at the University of Memphis is, is would you do you get to count that as a moral victory losing by seven on the road in that game or or do you feel like uh, you know Mizzou is the type of team you should be able to get over top of if you're the University of Memphis? Well, I'll take my AutoZone Liberty Bowl hat off here right. for a moment, put my Tiger alum, Tiger fan cap on. Short answer to your question from my perspective, Gabe, is moral victories don't exist right. anymore. This program has moved beyond that. I think that's when fair. When we were playing for conference championships, going to the Cotton Bowl, going to bowl games consistently, which they are, moral victories, boom, out of Cease to let's, exist. Let's, let's don't even talk about yep. that. Um, was Missouri a team that the Tigers were capable of beating? Yes. That's why they didn't want to play the Tigers in Memphis. Because they knew and know Memphis is a, is a pretty decent football team, and, and coming here is a tough place to play. So that's why that game was played in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, moral victories, no. Uh, are there things to take away to grow on? Absolutely. Are there things to continue to be concerned about? Yes. Yep. Absolutely. For me, probably the number one takeaway from the things you got to work on and things that you, you, you look at and you wince and say, wow. If we hadn't done this and that, would have could have won that ball game. And that ultimately, it's the execution. Yep. Uh, big problem there for the Tigers again. Hennigan, uh, mm. he's the leader of that football team. He's the guy. There's not going to be a change. There's nobody really there. You know, nobody's talking about a quarterback change or anything. Of course like that. not. Not suggesting that. But to go along with the three touchdowns, he had two picks. And again. 
that two Martin, fumbles as well just didn't yeah, lose and, one and, and two other tur- and two over two other turnovers and the Tigers' margin uh, of error in any game, whether it's in conference or out of conference, especially against a Power Five, is razor thin. Yep, you can't do that. You absolutely can't do that. And that goes back to the execution part of having no turnovers and, and things like that. So there, but there are positive takeaways. Uh, this Tiger team hung in there. Yep. They fought. There's grit. Um, had the opportunities uh, to grab one on the road, a big one in front of a huge uh, Mizzou crowd. Um, but they didn't get it done. Yep. But there are positives there for this team uh, to take away, things to build on. Because, again, everything is still there that this football team aspires you know the the conference championship is there. Uh, the bowl situation is still there. Uh, can they be uh, if the uh, lead team out of uh, the group of five for a potential New Year six? We'll see. But uh, the next couple of weeks will tell that story. You got Boise coming in this week at home, followed by Tulane at home. So this stretch of Mizzou, Boise, Tulane, yep, huge. huge. Huge for this football team. And I'm a big believer that by week four or after week four, whether you're talking about the Tigers, Ole Miss, Alabama, Colorado, whomever, by this point of the season, more or less, you have established this is what we are as a football team. Yep. Good or bad. So we see what this Memphis team is. Certainly imperfect, but can still win. And significant games are ahead of them these next yep. few weeks in particular. Uh, Boise, uh, the brand is still there, but this is not the Boise team of Chris Peterson nope. uh, in that era. But they, they still carry a lot of weight nationally with the brand and for the Tigers to get this one would be huge. And I, actually, I haven't seen the line, but I two and a half Memphis is favored. Two and a half. I already looked at it. Early line. I hope the kickers are back healthy this <laughs> yes, week. Please, yes. Uh, I expect the Tigers to win, and if they don't, I'm going to be really disappointed. Yes. With uh, with the state of Tiger football, if yep. they if they can't grab this one. Yep. They 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 need to win. I mean. Certainly one of three of these games in Mizzou, Boise State, Tulane, you needed at least one. But two of three would go a long way as well. And I know Tulane's a tough team to to play and then go beat. But, you know, ultimately I just look at this season – Everything's out in front of you, but that can go. That can change very quickly. Absolutely, that can change very, very quickly. You have to win games, take advantage of every single opportunity. And over the last two years, this this Tiger team has not shown the, the propensity to do that. Right. So it's got it's got to flip on its head. It's got to flip on its head. Um, but I did enjoy seeing Rock Taylor. He came. Yeah. That was a coming out party. 143 yards. Um, let's see what else we we had. Blake Watson with another 80 yard receiving game. He is a Still good ball impressive. player. Yes, like very a lot. good ball player. Um, 
I did uh, I did sort of get taken aback a little bit. We had the 24-17 going into the fourth quarter, fourth and four. Seth Hennigan throws the pick. I think there's a debate raging on, should you take the field goal there? Ryan wants yeah. to be aggressive. Yeah. I think you could have taken that field goal because Mizzou went down, kicked the field goal. You yeah. still would have been within six that, point that, swing that, there. Yeah. You know, for the most part, that though, seven points, though, score, and you would have been in a good spot. You know, when you're in situations like that, for my, my thoughts are – I admire and appreciate the aggressiveness. Yeah. You got to You want momentum. You, you got to grab one when you think you can. Uh, you know, the Tigers went for it on fourth down four times, converted yep. on three of those. Uh, I appreciate that that we're not we're not just coming up here to to get a paycheck. We're not just coming up here uh, to make it close. We're coming up here to win. Yep. And that for me that goes back to why I thought the Tigers could go up there and and get that one. And for it sure. is disappointing that they didn't. Uh, I appreciate Ryan taking that coaching approach into the game. Um, so to me that that, that was a, a plus and a good yeah. thing and and confidence in his football team that hey we can do this. Yeah. Um, Especially on the road, you have to grab as much ab- momentum as you can whenever you absolutely. can. Absolutely. Defensively, uh, too many big plays. Yeah. Uh, but we knew going in, uh, you know, Brady Cook and and uh, number three, you know, pretty good pass catch <sighs> yep. combination for them. Just too many big plays. They, they uh, got the wore down by up. the end in that yeah. run game. They yep. just started to get gashed yep. by Cody Schrader and that offensive line. Now they're you know. It, 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 <laughs> It just sort of you expect that when you have a power five SEC team playing against a, a group of five team, but you just got to try to limit it in that moment. But I think that defense stuck in there. I think they com- competed yeah, at a pretty high level. So there is that. I think you can take a little bit of solace in that. But um, Harold, appreciate the heck out of it per always, um, and we'll do it again next week. Absolutely, looking forward to it. Just Tiger fans, make a note next Monday the second. Ryan Silverfield will be the guest speaker at the Memphis Touchdown Club. Yes, sir. Individual tickets are just $65. Includes dinner, the program, a chance to meet and greet with uh, the coach there uh, at the the meeting, and uh, come show support for your football coach. Yep. Uh, I'm hoping that it will be coming off a big win over Boise, and uh, we invite you to be there. Go online to... uh, uh, touchdownclub.com to get your tickets. And again, show support for this football team, this football coach. He deserves it. And uh, let's uh, show the blue and gray next Monday night at the Touchdown Club. That's well said. Get over to Hilton, Memphis next Monday. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.